0: Hairy butthole. Welcome to a hair grows out of your butthole podcast. I'm Yom Mayor. I'm your host. And this is a podcast where I'm gonna invite a guest on every week, and I'm gonna ask them to tell me a story that's sad, and they're gonna cry, and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna make them laugh. But, you know, not in a sadistic way. Now that I say it, it sounds really... L- let me explain this to you, everyone. In case you're listening and you're wondering why this podcast is called A Hair Grows Out of Your Butthole. Is that what it's called? I forgot already. Hairy butthole. Okay, so it's based on a Korean saying that my mom used to say to me when I was a kid. I would cry really hard because she was probably spanking me or something else traumatic was happening. And then what? when I was crying, my mom would try to make me laugh. She would like say a joke. And then I would obviously laugh because she's hilarious. And then she would say, do you know what happens when you laugh while crying? A hair grows out of your butt. Hair grows out of your butthole. Not butt. butt Butthole specifically, Donko. And it's really funny because my cat Donko is sitting next to me. His name is Donko Butthole. And he is hairy. So this is the official mascot of a hair. I forgot. A hair grows. A hair grows. Hair grows out of of your butthole butthole. podcast. Podcast. (laughs) Also, I just like to make it serious for a second because we will get serious on this podcast. The reason why that this is really important to me, and I feel like this really encompasses like my work as a comedian and just as a person, is that you know, like there's a cliche, like comedians are all like depressed and sad, and that's why we're in comedy, blah blah blah. But I I kind of feel like that for me personally is completely true because that's like why I'm funny. Like I feel like I did have, like, a hard life. Sorry, I feel like like an imposter saying that. I had a hard life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have to prove how hard my life was. And because of that, I feel like... I think that my brain was, like, trying to soothe itself, you know? And, like, an extension of just, like, outside of my own self, like, my Korean culture and my... You know, like, the story I just told about my mom. I feel like it's a big part of Korean culture because as... Oh, yeah. yeah, as a people... Helen, you feel me on this? Helen's Korean, so much trauma. (laughs) Yeah, we are generational trauma, intergenerational. Yeah. Oh, I tweeted the other day. I was like, I have generational trauma. I just did this to myself. (laughs) 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 No, but I also have intergenerational. You know, as a people, Korean people are kind of like sad. A lot of bad, horrible things have happened to us, and I think as a culture, we do have this practice of trying to make each other feel better by joking and making each other laugh. Which I find to be so beautiful because as a culture, like it just, it, it says a lot, I think, about Koreans that in these times of hardship, we care enough about each other to make sure that that other person is being soothed. You know, there is a lot of like putting that above our own grief. Through savage roasting. <laughs> through co- <laughs> through being really mean really? to each other and then <laughs> laughing about it. Right? Yeah. But that's like such a Korean thing. And I really, res- and I feel like that's just like such a big part of my personality. right? Yeah, definitely. Do you feel like that when you're sad, you laugh?
1: Oh, yeah. Mostly cry. And then, yeah. And then it just feels so good.
0: It's, it feels so good. You cry and then you laugh.
1: Yeah. And Same, then a and hair grows tears. out of. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> and then a single hair grows out of your butthole
0: yeah i think but even not people obviously that aren't korean can also have hairs come out of their butthole. you can also have a hairy butthole it's not just koreans um <laughs> people that are not korean even people that have been through like trauma or people that are comedians and that are just naturally funny i feel like they they totally get that that's like a big like feeling and for me it feels like life juice you know yeah like remember that me was, was that meme we were talking about where it's like after you have like a a uh, nervous breakdown and you're looking in the mirror and you're like <laughs> yeah. like baby you're, <laughs> you're a star baby <laughs> like laughing looking in your mirror anyway that was the intro to the concept of the pot what, what do you think about that helen
1: i love it i think it's so needed right now there's yeah there's so much to be sad about but yeah yeah it feels so good to just laugh and we need it so much so
0: like in the asian community yeah yeah you were saying that earlier and i totally agree with you you know like we've it's been very hard for Asians and Asian Americans recently yeah. there's a bunch of hate crimes happening
1: yeah i have to say coming into this apartment i felt like there was you know it was a little bit eerie and not to not to make you feel
0: where like right. you
1: live but i mean i've been thinking so much about you know Christina Yuna Lee yeah. and um it's a little bit like you know i obviously watched like the footage and like the yeah. you know and yeah it's you know similar area and even like structure of the hallway it's just like
0: yeah it's it looks like her building yeah
1: it kind of does I um, hate to say it but it kind of does and it makes yeah. you feel like I don't know it's just strange to be placed in in that you know
0: well yeah. it's really interesting that you bring that up because that was the first topic that I was going to discuss it's something that I have not been able to really openly talk about mm-hmm. I think yeah same which is weird, because usually when things are really sad, I am, like, very open about it. But, it, like, to what you're saying, she did live around the corner from here, and we have the exact same, like, living situation. Yeah,
1: like, the layout is, like, yeah. eerily similar. In the like same long hallway, uh-huh. walk up. Yeah. In fact, when I walked in, there was a, somebody coming out the apartment, mm-hmm. and she, like, kind of stopped and was like, do you live here? Do you, do you have, you know, I... And I felt that sense of like, oh, it is just, you know, everyone is just kind of uh, heightened in terms of awareness and fear, really. Yeah. It's been it's been really intense. I don't know why I haven't been able to vocalize or like articulate the feelings because it's just really overwhelming.
0: Well, I feel the same way. And, you know, obviously, I don't want to pressure you into like doing that on the podcast. But I personally just wanted to talk about it because... You know, like all you said, it it was kind of like a catalyst to start this podcast in a weird way, because like what you just said about the person feeling fear and stuff like that, I was feeling very overwhelmed with those feelings of sadness and fear. And in a lot of ways, I was like being like, you know, I've looking to like my mom and like, sorry, this is obviously already going to make me cry because it's like she was Korean and we know that. Um. You know, yeah. there's. if you need to cry in your Korean, all you have to do is think about your mom. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, immediate, <so> but, <laughs> so but, you know, I, I was thinking a lot about her and her mom. And I was actually yes. thinking, she, I was actually thinking, like, I kind of feel like she probably had a similar relationship with her mom. And, you know, like, there's probably something like that going on where, you know, you miss each other because, like, I I always... Think this like if I go to like my friend's funeral, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, Helen," and I'm going to crack a joke with you, and you're not gonna laugh because you're gonna be dead. <laughs> <laughs> and gonna be like, and that's when oh I'm gonna really God. be upset. Like that's gonna devastate me because I'm gonna be like, "Come on, Helen. Like yeah, you know what I, I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like it's that's so sweet. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Just comfort me in the cast. I'm gonna try to thank make you laugh when you. you're dead, thank Helen, you. and it's gonna make I'm me really, really sad. That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. like that bond, I feel like I was thinking about how that bond is broken mm-hmm. between her and her mom now. And that was really And exciting. she had a younger sister, I
1: believe, right? Right. Yeah.
0: But yeah, like the the parallels between her and um my life did make me very sad and scared Mm -hmm. and um like I was saying I feel like that was a catalyst for this podcast because I was like this is like the strength of our community I believe you know like like something like this will happen and it's like just like me and you sitting here and talking about it and um understanding each other you know like how it's hard for each other I feel like that's just like it's the beauty of it you know yeah I mean like every
1: time there's there's been more and more news like this and every time there's another person who you know, gets killed or murdered or something, it's just like, yeah, it just kind of like overwhelms. But for some reason, is Christina's like death? I think it was like, she's the same age as I am, yeah. like works in the same industry. In fact, I know people who were working with her, Right. you know, like just felt so close. Um, yeah. And, you know, how many times have I come home at 430 in the morning after like a night out or whatever? Yeah. Same. Taking a cab and like thinking that I'm safe by doing that. And then, yeah, it's just. Yeah, of course. And then thinking about the fact that she was Korean American and thinking about, you know, my parents and like what they would be feeling right now. And yeah, it's just, it's really intense. Um
0: yeah also like 4 30 in the morning thing yeah Yeah. i do that all the time (laughs) time. and also i feel like a bitch if i don't let the person in behind me which is not obviously not funny and i should never do that but i've always felt like and being like an asian woman you always feel like you have to do things for other people right like if i don't let this person in that's rude and it would i i 100% would have done the same thing do you know what i mean yeah what were you gonna say
1: It's just that, you know, I grew up in New York. Right. I've never in my life felt, and again, that's like a huge privilege to be able to be in an, you know, Asian Asian American person walking around the city and feeling like I'm relatively safe. I've never felt unsafe in my own city. Yeah. And this is the first time I've felt like, you know, taking the train or like, you know, and taking the, I took the train recently and I've been taking the train more again, but like seeing all the Asians, like, Standing against the wall, and seeing like the white folk, you know, just like, and I'm like, wow, that's that's such a, I don't know, and I hate the fact that like now I don't want to live in fear. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to dictate my life. So even like I know there's safety things like you know wearing not wearing headphones or something while you're walking around, but there's nothing I love fucking more than walking around the city playing music that I love. Like me too. So yeah, and that seems like such a small thing, but. All those things, it's like beef. going out at night, the fact that the second guess like should I not go out at night because I don't know, you know, like yeah, it's just not a safe thing to do right now, like that really sucks, and but also it's like minimizing that like that that's not an important thing in the grand scheme of things, you know, so it's just like these confusing feelings of like,
0: yeah like you're like well h- listening to my headphones in public is being taken away from me and, and then you're feeling guilty like, yeah you're like well, what, what the fuck am I? I'm so fucking it, entitled yeah, like yeah. you know who
1: gives a shit about well
0: that? i i don't think it's a little thing because it's like why is it that we have our like little things taken away from us at period you know just cuz mm. we're like a certain type of person but i also for me you know how it feels when i'm doing the headphones thing or i'm like going out at night late it feels like it's like a rebellious sort of like, fuck you, mm-hmm. that feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're going to fucking murder me? I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to change my life, you know? Which is maybe not the smartest thing because, you know. Yeah,
1: no, I felt that. That's why I started listening to my headphones again and then listening yeah. to music because I'm like, I just, you know, whatever. Like The
0: safety thing is really interesting to me. So you grew up in New York. Where did you grow yeah, up again? In Brooklyn. Oh, in Brooklyn. Okay. And yeah. so does it feel kind of like you were like losing something or someone's taking something away from you.
1: What do you mean? Growing up in Brooklyn?
0: No, like just the, you, the freedom, like feeling safety in your city. Because this is your oh, yeah. city, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I've never felt that before. It's yeah. a strange feeling. But again, it feels ridiculous to talk about those things when there's like all this other shit that's happening real problems yeah yeah you know
0: i don't i mean i don't i think that this is like you know like it's obviously everyone's experience is their own and you have the right to feel that way do you know the safety thing for me that makes me very very upset though so for me i moved to chinatown during the pandemic because i was living in um like the east i was living in peter cooper village which is like an extension of the east village and this this entire conversation by the way is going to be very steeped in privilege and i don't and i'm very aware of that so please like know that i know how i sound but so i live I, i've always lived in manhattan in new york city and it's always been you know like it's always wealthy white people who are my neighbors and during the pandemic when it started people were fucking being so fucking shitty to me that i literally felt unsafe that i literally moved to chinatown i don't wow. remember i don't know if we've ever had this discussion no, i didn't know that i know so, that you
1: lived there but I didn't know that's why you moved here.
0: The week before lockdown, there was a fucking scary ass shift and these like white liberal people were being fucking weird to me. And my friend Dylan, yeah. we we had dinner like right before lockdown and he was like, "Okay, I live in, you know, Bushwick with all these like queer white people that are like the wokest of the woke." And and he was like, "People are giving me weird looks." And he's like, "I feel like I'm going insane." And he also like went through a physical attack right in the beginning and oh. i i was like verbally like harassed right in the beginning multiple times and then i decided to move to chinatown and i feel like i didn't even know that i had made that decision mm. because of that reason until i got here mm-hmm. and it was like as soon as i moved here i was like oh my god thank god you know yeah. like i'm gonna go outside and i don't have to worry about this some random fucking weird thing yeah, you little, feel safe in your community yeah yeah Thinking about that made me really upset when I thought about Christina. You know, I wonder if there was like a part of her that I don't know why she lived in the neighborhood, but I was like, I wonder if that was like part of it, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the reason why she lived here. And it's like, um, and that's like such a like layered nuanced discussion because it really like puts into perspective like you know whose fault is it like age like anti-asian hate crimes and stuff like because society as a whole right now is so anti-asian
1: right there's a like you could look at oh this person was mentally ill and he would have attacked anyone which i don't believe to be true but and then there's a like societal sort of like just the atmosphere and climate of like yeah getting harassed in you know the east village or you know, wherever so you mo- end up moving to places like this right so
0: yeah
1: something especially also like michelle go you know and the news yeah. about like oh there was like somebody else before and she like she, you know the person was an asian and so yeah this wasn't racially motivated but it's also like yeah but they're asian women it wasn't like a, a white dude yeah. or a dude who got murdered yeah. and how do you separate those things you can't because that's the r- exactly. reality
0: yeah and i think there's um I don't, I feel like I don't even want to get into like this part of the, but I think it's important, right? Like, it's just like, I always think like, there's no way even, even in the very back of the, this person's head, you know, that did the attack, if they just saw, oh, that's an Asian woman and, and the, maybe there was like a random subconscious thought that they had of believing that Asian women are weaker or something just like without them even realizing that. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's built into our society. Like our 100%. society is taught that. Yeah. So obviously that would have a minimal right. effect on how they view Asian women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's like what I wanted to talk about. We did cry a little bit. <laughs> I'm like soulless. No tears. I know no tears. you're holding back. So I wanted to ask you, <laughs> Helen, since you're my first guest, yeah, what do you what do you want to tell me like a sad you have to tell me a sad story i have to
1: tell you a sad story yeah that's the point of the podcast I know, you're, gonna I make,
0: you're gonna cry and then i'm gonna try to make you laugh no pressure <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is a sad story i lost all of my grandparents like last year mm. and um and but you lost
0: all four of your grandparents last year?
1: No, no. It was kind of like... Oh, the,
0: the, la- the, the last, remaining yeah. grandparents. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: I don't know. I was working so much that I didn't even get a chance to process it. And hmm. one of the things I think about that's really sad to me is that I've had this, like, really large loss in my life um, that was very abrupt, and, you know, and I felt bad that, like, I wasn't paying attention to, like, the loss of my, my own family. You know, and mm. my grandparents, that I'm so like wrapped up in my job and career, it made me feel guilty for not being more sad, you know, about my mm. grandparents. But what I realized is that I just haven't had time to like sit and think about it, you know. And just realizing like how much I don't know about my own family, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my job is to like, you know, highlight and you know find stories and really get to know people in a really intimate way. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit weird that I haven't really examined my own family. Mm. I, I'm really sad about all of the stories that were lost with my grandparents as they, you know when they passed. My mom's dad worked for the government and he was kind of like in the Secret Service. And so- In Korea? Yeah, and like in a way, I'm like, mm. I feel like I had that job for many, many years when I worked with Tony. Um, and I wish I could have like talked to him about what that must have been like such a kind of like high profile job you
0: know why why do you feel like you had that job what's the
1: I mean working with someone like Tony who was like not that he was like a president or something but like he was such a right oh like
0: being like a guardian being like the person
1: who was like you know knows where all the bodies are buried you know and like (laughs) yeah holding those sort of secret not secrets but like yeah being that trusted person so yeah I've been really feeling sad about just like the stories that I lost with my grandparents and how much family history. And I'm now, when I go see my parents, I ask them simple questions like, what were some of your favorite dishes that you had as a kid? You know, and just like learning about yeah. my dad. My dad, like, I didn't realize that there was so much like trauma also. With my You know, my own parents, that no one's ever asked them those questions.
0: Yeah, that's like my parent. Like, you know, my dad's white, but my parents, I'll, I'll say something like, yeah, like what? What do you like about this? And then they'll like, and they're like surprised that somebody's asking them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wait, so your
0: grandfather was in the Secret Service. Did you ever like talk to him about it directly? Or so I
1: no. So I met him. You know, I used to talk to him on the phone when yeah. I was younger. But I met him as an adult. I met right. him when I was younger. When I was four years old when I went to Korea. That was the first time I went to Korea. And then I went to Korea as an adult for parts unknown. Mm-hmm. And we had one morning off. And my friend, who's a director, was like, "You should go." To see your grandfather, I was not going to go see him because it was just like we we're so busy, we we're so tired yeah. from working, like.
0: But that's how I am when I'm in Korea. They're like, "Why, why don't you go visit your family?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't know." I'm, <laughs> okay. So you went to go meet your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Was that the first and only time you met him? As an as an adult, right? Yeah, but he
1: was, you know, he was pretty far gone at that point too, so I couldn't really have like a right, you know, conversation,
0: holding um, all those secrets. <laughs> it it gets to you (laughs) withers you away
1: (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i mean
0: so you were very close with anthony bourdain who you're referring to and i i've always wondered you know like we've talked about it i'm gonna this is another thing that makes me sad i'm like it makes me sad more than you (laughs) it might be a podcast where just
1: young me cries every episode and the guest doesn't cry at all Heartless, (laughs) Heartless, I just
0: soulless, <laughs> vapid people. I just cry, and then I force everyone to make me laugh. Helen, <laughs> do something funny. I'm crying. I'm hurting here. <laughs> no, it's you know we've talked about this, and obviously you don't have to say anything. And I I always feel like when that comes up in conversation, I know that you are very very close with him, and I remember that death was like very hard. Not to sound like, I was very hard for everybody, you know, and just watching the entire world like grieve. And then also knowing, knowing like how much it probably meant to you, and also during that time, I was absolutely not there for you. But I felt because I feel like well, that's not kind of like I was bothering you. No, that's not true and, at all. But um, that felt very bad, you know, because I was like, I felt like I was bothering you, and I was like, you know, I feel like Helen, you know, has like so many cool friends or something, <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to <laughs> be like, hi, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, it was, no. like, for months I, like, feel like I didn't interact with you. And then every once in a while I would text you, like, I'm thinking about you. No. Um.
1: You know, and that meant so much. If you've never experienced a loss, I don't know, it's it's really complicated because, like, that's not the first time I've, you know, lost a friend to suicide. But I've not somebody that close, you know, in my life that was, like, on many different levels. Not just, like, a friend, family level. But, like, work and, like, so much wrapped up into this person but then also the fact that it was such a famous sort of death I have more understanding now on the other side of it and just I think there's like a there's like this thing where people are like oh I don't I don't want to like is it gonna make you sad should I not bring it up it's like almost people are like dancing around it you know and now I actually I I love talking about Tony because it's a way to keep him alive and he's always with me you know no matter what like it's just um but yeah, it's a it's a weird kind of grief. Um, because there's like reminders everywhere, you know, and like I don't want that to necessarily go away. Yeah. But it's just something you can't control. Um Yeah. And also I think like grief is such a thing that our society just doesn't really like talk about or no. yeah. and everything is so linear. The process of healing is supposed to be linear, Time supposed to be, you know, like linear, and you think like with time you get better and Um, it's really like, you know, some days, yeah, I just like feel like I'm back in 2018. And then the next day, I I feel fine and great. And you know, it's a very strange process. Um, I think other people who've, you know, lost somebody very dear to them can maybe relate to. But yeah, it's certainly something that I still deal with.
0: So you know, I was really interested in hearing your thoughts about this. Because like you said with grief. I haven't really lost anyone. I've lost family members, but they're like that I feel about them like how, how you feel about your grandparents. It's like almost like I wish I knew them, but I I don't really know much about them and that that's like a different kind of sadness, but I'm so interested in your relationship with this death in particular because I feel like everyone can understand you in a weird way I, I know that's a, like I know that what you're going through is so much more obviously than somebody that just watched him on television but I think I don't know just like somebody that's that famous that was so universally loved
1: yeah and also like someone like him everyone felt like they knew him yeah. he just had that sort of like personality where like you know if you walked down the street with him people would just come up to him and they're like hey like let me buy you a drink or like you know take this or whatever like yeah, yeah so you see that constantly you know like Instagram on like people writing like op-eds like you know what I mean like everyone even in his death like everyone still like you know whatever and and the thing is is like in the beginning I feel like I was upset more upset about that but I think like Maybe those people felt those genuine feelings about him, and that's their feelings are valid too. Um, I was I was upset too. Though. I was like,
0: "Shut the fuck up,
1: shut the fuck yeah, but up." I'm not gonna like go out and like start policing people. It's like you know, as, like, I can't.
0: I'll do like, that for that you. That shit didn't happen.
1: Like I know that. Like you know. Oh my god. No, I remember people being like, "He was my best
0: friend," and he said that <laughs> yeah, we yeah, were yeah, best friends, yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Shut the fuck up! I will beat your fucking ass." And I mean, that's really mean. I'm sorry. I am mentally ill. Okay, Every, everyone knows this. Who's listening to this podcast already? We already yeah, yeah. know that about me, but like. That's mean. I can't police someone else's grief, and you're right. Like maybe they yeah. did feel a certain way, but some people were really taking some fucking artistic license with their relationship to Anthony <laughs> right, right. Bort. Let me just. And the thing is, like, he's dead, so he's like, he can't, he can't come so, out and tweet like. And there was uh, we yeah, never like I don't know you, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, but so. he, also the thing is, like, I there were levels of it where I agree with you, like somebody's just processing their grief, but there were also levels that were like clout chasing, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. like fucked I mean, up, man. That's yeah. fucked up, you know. And a lot of people were doing, and it. it wasn't like. Anyway, I mean, and but the thing, felt thing is, like, it's not unfamiliar you. to me.
1: You know, like even when he was alive, course, like yeah. is the
0: thing. And but the other thing is that, like, not you know, not to get. I, I'm Korean, and when I get, I get sad for a second, straight. but then I'm fucking, I'm gonna punch someone's face. <laughs> I'd rather feel angry right now. I'd rather, but then I also, you know, what I was thinking about that, I was like, they probably think, oh, like whatever, it's harmless. That I'm like embellishing the story, but. It's not harmless. There are real people. He was a real person. He had real friends and like that uh, and a real family, you know, and that's like puts them in a weird position. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I think that's the, for me, the hardest thing is that, you know, I'm very close to the family still. And like, yeah, you know, out of respect, it's like this is part of my identity. Like it's part of my story now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like even doing the movie like Roadrunner, I was just wasn't sure if I wanted to participate because it's just like. There are a lot of things that are not meant to be consumed by the public. And it feels exploitative. Yeah, it feels exploitative. Like I'm trying to gain something from his death. And that wasn't it at all. Like I just, because there were so many things that, like, when we went out, for example, you know, we go out to dinner and stuff all the time. And it was like, I would never put him in a situation that was exploitative to like showcase him. You know, I'd always make sure we'd go to some place that was like private, quiet, or like that he, I knew that he wouldn't get harassed um you know so i felt like that um in his death out of respect it was
0: you're trying to protect him yeah. it feels very much like the secret service thing you're saying like you mm-hmm. were like you know I, I very much saw your relationship as you were like the person that was like protecting him and it feels like yeah like after his death it's like that's an extension of that i don't think anyone would ever read you as somebody that's you're the anti-exploitative <laughs> person like that's, i mean that's i think that's why you're we friends right like he yeah. he
1: no, there was mutual trust, right? Yeah, so, and we felt safe, you know, around each other. And that wasn't everyone's experience. So, yeah, it's it's a hard thing, and it's something that I don't. It's funny because I love I love talking about it, but when it comes to like a public facing thing, like it's yeah. difficult for me to talk about it because I'm not sure is it does it feel exploitative? Is is it? Yeah. This is like my, this is the truth of like, you know. So yeah, it's been hard. It's been yeah. hard to reconcile that, and also it's not lost on me that you know, my career has like really taken off since his death and not that it wasn't before, but like at this like accelerated pace and mm. it's yeah, it's hard not to think that that was like in large, you know, it like almost like a gift that he's giving me too in his death. Oh,
0: um, it's like so sweet, Helen, you know, <gasps> I mean, sorry, I have to like rethink this podcast cause it's literally me just crying. <laughs> that's so Your sweet pet, pet go the Harry Potter. i mean that's that's very very sweet <laughs> why are you making me laugh now that's it's opposite i was supposed to do this <laughs> no you're crying so i have to make you laugh right right that it's like so sweet um i also i just want to say i share that feeling of the exploit t- exploitation feeling and just to like be nice to all the people that I was talking shit about earlier. <laughs> yeah. There was a big part of me, I think, mm-hmm. after his death that also wanted to make a long-winded post about how much he met me, even though I never I never met him. Do you know what I mean? I The one time I had dinner That's with him. That's not true. You've met him a I, few he times. He said hello to me once. Yes. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> the one time I had dinner fucking with him, I was sitting across the table and I was trying to t- secretly take a fucking picture and the flash went <laughs> off and da- Danny, my ex-husband, was like, I will fucking kill you. Oh, <laughs>
1: I never heard that story. that's ever happened
0: to me in my life. Really? You You've never hear heard that? I've no, never told you. No. He was sitting next to David Chang and I was like sneakily like <laughs> moving my phone up and it was so dark. It was pitched. I was like, it was like this dark <laughs> romantic oh God, like Italian hilarious. restaurant or something. It was the worst yeah, thing that's hilarious. ever happened to me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it got to a point
1: where it was like, I realized also like when, when he would come to the office and stuff, people would just, there'd just be a stack of books that would appear on my desk. Because yeah. they wanted me to get him to sign them, right?
0: Oh, sign, like, his books? Yeah, or, yeah. Right, right. Okay. they were, like,
1: afraid to, like, ask him, you know? They oh, people me that worked
0: in the office? Yeah, so they
1: wanted me. They would always right. be like, hey, can you do yeah, this yeah. Yeah. for him? Like, yeah. So one time, and then I realized, like, even, it was so much that, like, I never, you know, I don't have, like, a single, I never asked him for, like, you know, an autograph or, like, you know, it's just, like, of that course, kind yeah. of relationship. But didn't want him to ever feel, like, a weird, you know, like, whatever, like, different than, just being a person like a you know human but it was hilarious one time there was a stack of books on my desk and apparently one of my um friends wanted to get a book signed for her mom Mm. her mom's name is helen okay so there was a (laughs) a post-it so he's opening all the books he's like signing them when he opens the book he looks at me he's like i mean seriously like you could have just asked me if you want, I mean, he's like oh screaming my. in front of like, you know, all these people, like, Helen, if you wanted my auto, if you wanted me to sign a book, you could have just asked me. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you don't know, have to sneak it into this stack. It's and so I was like, funny. I don't know. It's like my friend's mom, I
0: swear, I swear. It's not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, no,
0: it's. uh, <laughs> <laughs> if That was for you, wasn't it, so Helen? be honest. for
1: me. And the collection, no, no, <laughs> definitely not. Um. But yeah, I think it's important like uh, for me uh, the reason why the exploitative thing too is also like yeah. yeah, he has a daughter, he has a real family like you know th- and there's like the public persona and then there's like the private person and yeah um
0: and you're very protective of his family. Yeah. yeah. That was like your relationship.
1: Yeah. So
0: but I think, you know, I think what we're learning here, Helen, because I feel like you and I are very similar people, <laughs> <Yeah>. is that <laughs> I feel like, you know, I learned this through cognitive behavioral therapy, okay. which I took one session okay. and then I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> uh-huh. When you talk, when I talk, not you, when I talk shit about somebody, it's because I don't like that about myself. So maybe me being all oh. angry about those exploitative people like, and also saying I wanted to write a long winded I love Anthony Bourdain thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that's... I. I like don't like that about myself, you know what I mean? And maybe that's why I'm being judgmental of it. But maybe that's okay. Like maybe I think I, that's like human nature. The right you know? to yeah.
1: yeah. I mean yeah, I think it's human nature. Those are real feelings. Yeah, you feel sad like about what it. you. Genuinely sad, right? Like yeah. And I feel that too. I just, yeah, I've posted about him, sure. And <laughs> every time I'm like, should I just like should I not do this? Like, what am I doing? You know?
0: um But you know, those are real. Yeah.
1: You know, it was a real and relationship, real me, feelings. Like
0: yeah, I think no one would ever so it, get that vibe from you. <laughs> You're yeah. the not a, an exploited. <laughs> I think I think we all. I mean, it took you literally what four years to do this. Or two, I guess over two years because I've been asking oh, if you yeah. want. <laughs> By the way, I, I, not that I was like, this is make, <laughs> makes me feel exploitive, but I was like, I remember we were talking and you said like, oh, I think I want to like talk about it, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be not fun. I don't know why. I
1: said <laughs> yeah, that'd be really fun.
0: I was like, yeah, if you want to do that, that'd be really interesting. And I think yeah. it is interesting. And I'm, I'm really thankful that you talked about it because I think it's really helpful for people. And I think it's nice for us to, s- to say these things out loud like oh we feel like we don't have ownership to our own mm-hmm. grief yeah. and feelings because it makes us feel like scammers yes when in fact we're i don't you're definitely not an, a scammer
1: <laughs> i mean but the other thing is that like the media just like just picks cherry picks things that they want to turn into a story and so yeah. that was also like my you know Your fear yeah being kind of like you know reluctant to talk about it at all cuz you're like i don't want to get involved with that also, like, seeing fame from the inside, I have, like, no desire to be famous. So it's, like, what is it? What, yeah. Why do I Why do I need to add to that conversation? There are plenty of people who are lining up to do that, you know? It's, like, I don't know if I need to do that. But it's also, like, then it takes away from my own process of healing, too. I mean, I talk about it with yeah. my close friends, of course, and family. But, mm, you know, <sighs> yeah, there's just a lot wrapped up into it. Because, it's, again, it's, like, not just my friend that I lost, but it was, like, this almost, like, mirror, you know, like, this, like, validating mirror, too. So, mm. it, was, it was a lot. It was really uh, intense. Um, yeah, no, I really miss him a lot. And I really wonder what he is, like, just, like, every day I'm, like, oh, I wonder what he think about this show or, like, you know, what's happening in the world right now or, like, you know, so... It's a strange, it's a strange thing, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that there is some. If there's anything to good to come out of it, in in ways like, I feel like there's so many relationships of people that I've met through him. Yeah, you included. I would put you put right. you into that category we didn't as well. We meet each other, you know. Yeah, because just being around, you know, whatever like places and stuff that events we would have to go to and things like that. But
0: yeah,
1: real relationships that have sort of been. I don't know, made more clear because that was the other thing, too, when he was alive. And there was tons of people who just like want to be friends with me or whatever because of my association with him. And then once he passed, you know, it was like very clear who sort of like the people who were genuinely interested in being friends or whatever. And then people who were just there to, you know, latch on to whatever fame or status or whatever the fuck, you know.
0: I feel like when he passed I that was like part of the reason I was scared to reach out to you because I thought mm. for some reason you would think that I was like trying to like be attached to you for that and you know like yeah. I feel um I don't know why I'm crying because I know no that. I I'm was sorry like, you felt that way
1: definitely uh yeah
0: because I was like I feel like just me imagining like what you were going through was just Making me very sad. So I'm sad that I w- I feel like I wasn't there for you at that time. But
1: I didn't feel that way. So
0: um, I also felt like you're s- sort of. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like when you are sort of in need, you sort of shy away from help.
1: Yes, I have very right? difficult time for my own personal sort of like yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I mean you know when we talked about last time on you know your earth podcast, like mm-hmm. I was just like I didn't mention any of that because I think it was just like when I said it when I said I was a proud of myself, I think it was't just like oh, I'm proud of like the show, whatever that you know I've done, yeah, but like the fact that the grief is so private and personal that to go from like the low like one of the lowest periods of my life, yeah to just kind of trying to push through and fight my way to keep going on and making meaningful stuff that was, like, really difficult to do. And um, it's also weird because I, like, (laughs) no wonder, like, centered this one person, you know, but he had a profound effect in my life. And I think that me wanting to extend these kind of platforms to other people, you know, who may have not had that opportunity is an extension of Tony's generosity towards me and to just other stories, other sort of marginalized stories, so.
0: Mm, Yeah, I mean, I think him propping you up and you are now, you know, actively just such an active member, you know, in the Asian American community and your new show, you know, Takeout, just like really showing the stories of people that like never had a chance. And I think you really do stand for that. And I know that you're working on all these new projects where your focus is that, but also, that's, like, you, too. That's, like, that's not... Obviously, you know, with no disrespect, to <laughs> Yeah. It's yeah. not like he, you know, he's doing it. Like, he gave you the opportunity, and then you created that space. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. And I feel like you should definitely be proud of that. And, like, very excited. Oh, but that's, like, really interesting, too, what you just said when you're saying you're proud of yourself because the private nature of grief. Yeah.
1: You know, I, like, yeah. looked everywhere. I, like, read so many books on grief. And, like... I don't know. I was just trying to find answers and um, I didn't know anyone else who had experienced something like this. So like, who do you, who can you turn to about like this kind of like public kind of private grief, you know, it's a very strange sort of like place to be in. Because it's
0: not like you were like a very well-known member of his tribe, you know, like if you were in his family, people would know. So they'd be like, oh no, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean of course, you know, like the people that you know I made shows with, like those are people who, and you know, people who understand. But yeah, everyone I mean everyone it deals with it differently. So Yeah. Um yeah, it's really complicated. So
0: Should we move on to the laugh? Anyways, or? yeah. What do you think? You're <laughs> yeah, laughing yeah, already. Anyways, uh, Wait, did you cry? I don't. You didn't cry. No, I feel like you got. It's okay. You don't. I'm not gonna force you to it's okay. cry. Maybe like <laughs> episode
1: seven. to come back. As you a can guest. just
0: keep coming back for seven <laughs> episodes. The first seven episodes are <laughs> Helen, and until she cries, we can't move on to the next test. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Helen is back for the 400th time. God damn it! You yeah, forgot Helen again. <laughs> She's gonna soulless cry. Soulless person who can't cry. I okay. I want to make you laugh. How am I gonna make Helen laugh? Helen you make me laugh
1: all the time what are you talking you about have a a th- you have not laughed a
0: lot you have laughed a lot it's a hard lot. thing yeah. I, I think it was you know I think the the golden moment for me was yeah. the fact that the only time I met Anthony Bourdain was when I did a flash <laughs> photo of that. <him. laughs> I was like, I'm gonna kill myself. So oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Oh my God. It's okay. I did not mean it that way. <laughs> no, it's okay. Holy shit. I mean, uh, I'm so sorry. Are you, by the way, like, can I ask you something? Are you sensitive yeah. about like suicide jokes? Do those bother you? Mm. And I'm, I'm like, I totally just did that like without knowing. But no, no. It happens more often because I used to say it all the time. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Um. So I definitely check myself more, but uh, I'm so sorry. I no, feel no, no, like no. such an idiot right now. No, no. no. Okay. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's just like, Listen, you have to laugh about it, right? Because if you're not going to laugh about it, you'll cry about it. So yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It doesn't really. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah, okay. or both at the same time. And well, then, I, and then a hair will grow out of your butthole. Uh, yeah, it's, so.
0: There's so many already. The I benefits. To, Helen, I have to say something that I feel really bad about, and I've like caught myself doing it on this podcast already. Like I say things that I know are so insensitive, and like I feel like as I get older it's really bothering me that I don't catch myself. Like just me saying stuff like I'm going to kill myself. Like I have to like, just, I feel like I have to be really more better. Like, do you feel ever, do you ever say stuff and you're like, it's so embarrassing all the time, right? And I'm like, I don't want, and I, (laughs) I feel so bad. I don't want like people to get hurt by what I say, but I just like, I'm just so, you know, I have to like really work on it.
1: Yeah. (sighs) Whatever. Fuck it. You who know? cares whatever I yeah i don't give a shit. i'm it's just like kidding you like life's short <laughs> really? say what the fuck you want to say okay uh so, okay i'm so only gonna text I... you like hey you want to hang what i
0: thought you were gonna text me later like you know i really didn't appreciate I... your jokes What's <laughs> you should really check yourself should you really check yourself you gotta make sure yeah no, no that's no, the wolf. worst that's not me that's not that's not a Korean thing. No. That's like a white person thing. You know when you <laughs> yeah, hang out with yeah. a white person and then three hours later, you know, I really didn't like what you said about that. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: Um anyway, I've been like trying to catch myself on that. Okay, I'm going to try to make you laugh one one thing, one joke. One fu- Oh, let's just like Are you going to do a are you going to a set right let's now? Let's do a set. A type. Fi- oh, oh, I know five? what's funny. I know what? what's funny. I feel like remember Should we do a- Helen, what what are you gonna say? <laughs> what were you gonna say? And
1: introducing, stop, young
0: me mayor. Well, give your give your hands, <laughs> young me mayor. No, I think that we've talked about this. <laughs> we've talked about this. The fact that when I wanted to do stand-up comedy, I called you, Helen, yeah. and I was like, "Can you come over and yeah. listen to me do my yeah, fucking?" It was me set. and Chan, right? You and our friend Chan, who I'm gonna have on the pod, who agreed to do the podcast, by the way. Oh wow! Another person that's sure. been like.
1: I think she'll cry. I think she's more in touch with her emotions. She's definitely going to
0: cry. <laughs> yeah, Stay yeah. tuned for Chan's episode, everyone. Yeah. Um, and well, I wanted to ask. And then it was so fucking, I don't have any memory of anything I said. You don't said. remember that? No, I remember the night, no, okay, but I don't okay. remember the set. Do you remember anything mm. that I said?
1: Man, I wish I could remember. I, I must have it recorded somewhere. No. Yeah, I must have it recorded somewhere. I'm going to kill myself. Because-
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. Shit. Oh, my God. What is fucking wrong with me? I say that so much. It's okay. Oh my god, Helen! I really fucking am spiraling. Everyone hates me. <laughs> I know it. Helen, do you secretly okay, think i is... Now we're spiraling. we're spiraling. We should probably end debate. this before I. <laughs> you did laugh.
1: Yeah.
0: Helen, you just laughed so hard that at was, the fact that, that I said it. I was going to kill myself. Yeah, so that,
1: I don't actually want you to do that. No, so I know, don't do I know. Okay.
0: You're going to come to the funeral and you're going to try to make. I'm going to make you laugh.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have a tight five prepared for your funeral. You better.
0: No, but that's going to be so sad. No, but I remember, yeah, I remember I'm gonna really Chan cry. and I giving
1: you tweaks, which is hilarious to think about because we're like, we don't fucking know about comedy. But we're like, yeah, you know, I think if you, this, you said this part <laughs> earlier, like it would land. There. <laughs> it was like, in retrospect, I'm like, what the fuck are we saying? Poor young me. <laughs> it's like the worst advice ever. No, that's
0: valid because I wasn't a stand-up comedian at that point
1: it was so fun and also
0: hearing stuff is different than saying stuff mm. you know i i still to this day i don't know how shit sounds on stage really yeah because oh, like because like like performing is different than you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah i still need critiques yeah <sighs> anyway that's that was that was the end of the podcast helen wow what do, how do you feel well i didn't cry and I feel bad cry. that I
1: didn't cry. I
0: cried a lot. For your podcast. You, but you laughed a lot.
1: Maybe I'm the laughing and you're the crying. Yeah. And then together, a hair will grow out of someone's
0: it'll come butthole. It'll be like someone's. Lady and the Tramp. We'll just like come out and we will <laughs> join together. We already have a hairy butthole right here. Oh. Don't go. So th- anyway, I guess. Thank you very much for listening to the... <laughs> oh my God, that's so cute. He's meowing. Oh. Ah! <laughs> that's the hairy that's gonna be that's, my intro that's music the intro. right <laughs> Just, oh my god well thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me for the first ever episode of what is it again a hair go- a hair grows, grows out of your butthole out of a butthole butt butt i gotta what write this it? down shit i forgot well a by hair... the time this comes out i'm gonna I'll write it, it you'll have your shit so it should be on the like yeah. album cover a hair grows out of a butthole your butthole your butthole
1: your butt a butthole
0: okay a hair grows out of your butthole podcast <laughs> with young me May mayor and thank you everyone please give it up for helen cho joining us for our first ever episode helen where, where where can we find you on social media at helen cho and oh you where can helen, we find you oh Y M am mayor and young me May mayor and helen you have a show that just came out with lisa lang called Takeout.
1: yeah it's on hbo max all six episodes take and, out lisa lang
0: and do you want to talk about any other projects that you have coming up or no or are they all secret mode yeah. secret service secret service
1: <laughs> die with me to the grave no i don't know yeah
0: yeah but please follow her for her upcoming um projects which are, are all always so good you're like one of the you're most so Hal- sweet you're the most talented producer i know <laughs> just thanks young me <laughs> I'm serious, though. No, that was a joke. But I'm serious. <laughs> Out of all the producers, of all the producers that the she knows, millions of producers, so many producers, so she many. Knows. So it's
1: really high, high compliment.
0: You're the most talented Asian woman producer that I know <laughs> from New York. <laughs> from Brooklyn, New York, that grew up in Brooklyn.
1: That's <laughs> been on a podcast called "The Hair grows,
0: <laughs> grows in Your Butthole." All right, all right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. crazy <laughs> i'm gonna start recording and we'll see what happens i don't even have a title for this podcast okay this is what what, what did i say i was gonna call it hairy butthole
1: let's hairy. decide
0: on the title don't go In- okay so let's decide on the title and then i'll do an intro okay. hair i was gonna say hair grows out of your butthole is that too clunky hair grows out of your butthole podcast
1: let's just rock with that Hair, hair grows out
0: of your butthole. But long, I'm trying to make long. hair grow out of your butthole. Okay. Hair will, there will be hair. <laughs> no. <laughs> hair will grow out of your butthole podcast. Is that, is that, no. What do you think? Hair, Tell me your professional. Hair will. hair will grow out of your butthole. I swear, Corn, don't step on the recorder, Corn. We gotta do it now. Cameras, <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> hair. Go- this is the. This is gonna be the Patreon bonus footage. Like the coming up with the title. Yeah, maybe they can suggest a title too. Harry butthole. Harry butthole, because that that sounds like a sex podcast, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. No,
1: like. Yeah. Ha-
0: hair grows. Hair will no. A Not hair like, grows out of your butthole. Hair hole. grows out of your butthole podcast. <laughs> A hair grows grows out of your butthole. A hair. Podcast. (laughs) A hair grows out of your butthole podcast? Yeah, Yeah. just one. Uh, As long, you know, it doesn't matter. One hair. A hair. Like a tree grows in Brooklyn. Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. So this is is the thing. As (laughs) long... I feel like as long as I'm confident about the name, yeah, you just it gotta, doesn't matter how stupid no. it sounds, right? No, yeah. So you really don't think people are gonna be deterred from doing the podcast if it's called A Hair Listen. Grows Out of Your Butthole? If they don't wanna do
1: the podcast because the title is A Hair Grows Out of Your Butthole. We don't want them don't on want the, the podcast. Yeah.
0: We don't wanna be friends with them. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna do the intro. <laughs> <laughs> you ready, Helen? This is it, this is my dream. Let's do it.